meetings, programs. You have fallen through your TV and you are on the Midnight Channel with me, Jack Whelan, and my co-host in a very, very fetching, multi-cat-covered, waistcoaty thing. Vest. Vest? Yeah, it's a it's cat. A it's a cat vest. Oh, is that what you call it over yeah. here? Yeah, it's a cat vest. What He's you... wearing a cat vest. So you don't... You a don't... vest for me is a wife beater. This is Henry Clark, by the way. Wait, Say what? In Ireland? Yeah. Really? A vest, uh, what you would call a wife beater is a vest. Like a tank top, a white tank top? Yeah. You should probably not be using that term. No, no, but I mean, it's an interesting <laughs> cultural thing. It's like a cultural thing in Ireland that people call vest wife beaters. No, 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 no. We, we call wife beaters vests. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's even weirder. Yeah. That's really and then, weird. And then like uh, the things that you call vests would be waistcoats. All of them. There's no differentiation. Waistcoats. Waistcoat. I think I feel like a waistcoat would be a belt. <laughs> <laughs> it's a coat for your for waist. Exactly. And I'm Henry Clark, by the way. <laughs> Hi, Henry. I'm Jack. <laughs> um, and, uh, we're doing this on Sunday the 13th, which is the final day of PAX East. Yeah. There's not been a whole lot of news this week. No. Also, also, it should be noted that I'm being very, very good. I have shut my DS, and I am not breeding any Pokemon right now. Uh, but that's only that's only because just before we started recording, I managed to get a uh, a a Piplup with the right IV spread and the right nature. Oh, perfect! Your your Piplup, Piplup, your Piplup. <laughs> I'm training an Empoleon. I'm going to call Napoleon. See how crazy <laughs> creative I am. I'm turning up a new team because I've just gotten totally bored with my current... Not bored. I love my team. But, like, I've just gotten a little bit... little bit bored of my current playstyle, which is all based around having an, a team made up entirely out of glass cannons that hit super, super hard but can't take a punch. Yeah, my... Uh, the way I played Pokemon is the same way I used to play Magic the Gathering, which was smash, smash, smash. <laughs> what is the strongest thing I can do? Smash. Like and that's still that how used I, you can ask you can ask Jake too. you can ask Jake because like that used to be my playstyle before I started like breeding and EV training properly mm-hmm. uh, that used to be my playstyle just keep hitting him with everything yeah. until he went down Man, and he works. still hasn't beaten me yet it works yeah it works I mean you can't knock it I, I'm trying to be a little bit more subtle this time around and stop stop as I said with the glass cannons and try and shake up my team structure a little bit and I like that term glass cannon too it it it, it works because yeah. like I've got a Greninja that can hit like a mother fucker but can't take a punch helioptile hit like a motherfucker can't take a punch gardevoir almost the same my only tank is my venusaur and that guy that guy will stand up to fucking anything he's taken down charizards but <laughs> like he's the only he's the only one but yeah that's that that's what i've been doing today oh it's pokemon yeah and during during my week as well i've been playing i've been playing more of the final fantasy hd remaster it is so good yeah, my uh, I, I hadn't realized. Sorry, I hadn't realized this before I started, but the soundtrack also got remastered as well, which originally mm-hmm. was really kind of jarring, just because I played like maybe two hundred to two hundred fifty hours of Final Fantasy X in my life before this, so like I knew everything off by heart. But once it actually got going into it, and went when I went back to listen to the non-remastered soundtrack, it's like no, no, remaster is actually kind of better. The battle theme is a little bit more. I can stand this for a longer time now. Yeah, it's it doesn't get the kind of wear on your brain just on repeat constantly as much. Well, it still does, it but does like the battle theme bummer. is just so classic that I yeah. can't that I I can't help but love it. Yeah, my brother uh, was like, "Yeah, it's really good." He bought it and he was like, "Oh, the HD remaster." Yeah, he's is he playing it on Vita it. or PS3? Uh, he's playing it on Vita. Nice. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Vita Bros. Yeah, Vita Bros. <laughs> but. Uh, he, I think he was like, oh, I can't remember if it was like he got to Blitzball and was like, done. 
I'm done. Oh I'm no, I just actually played like my first three games of Blitzball. Oh, I fucking love the Blitzball Blitz mini game. It is not as the it best. You can shut your shut so your whore terrible. mouth. Everybody, shut your whore mouth. Everybody thinks it's the worst. Like, you're the only person I've ever met and ever talked to. Yeah, no, you're like, right. I am the only person I've ever met who loves Blitzball as much as as much as I do. But uh, this week, yeah, PAX East happened. Not a whole lot of fucking news out of that thing. No, no, but. Well, kind of the thing I'm really happy about for Pax Ethan, it goes to what I played this, what I've been playing this week, other than Dark Souls 2. 1.3 is coming out soon, um, which is neat, or it just released oh, recently. But so I got uh, Castle Crashers. Oh! Yeah, I rebought that game. Rebought? And, uh, I mean, so you played it before? Yeah, I had it on 360 and I got it for my PS3 this time. Cool, cool, cool. Um, holy shit, that's like the funnest game ever made. It is so much fun. It's so awesome. Not the so. funnest game ever made, but it's so much fun. I think it's pretty close. Like, you can just spend so much time playing it. Me and my roommate just sat there and played it for like five hours. One it's day. one of those good new oh indie God. games that is like, well, I say new, it's like three years old at this stage. It's, but... a, I th- it's a six years old. It was made in 2008. Are you fucking kidding me? No. Jesus no. Christ. No, my friend actually, so he got that game for free. The way we found out about that game is he entered a contest uh, that Jonah Falcon was putting on. And you might find this name familiar because he's the world record holder for the world's largest penis. So That's funny. I was about to say, he sounds like a gay porn star. Yeah. So Jonah Falcon has... Jonah he's like, Falcon and Mike Dozer. Yeah. He's like this nerdy guy who has... He, that's his claim to fame. That's his like what he has his stake on and his name on is he just has a huge dang. And dang. Uh, yeah. Well, you know why they call it a dang, right? because when the ladies see no, it, they go oh. don't finish that sentence you don't need to finish that sentence everyone has already come up with but the anyway, second part of that sentence so he so he enters in this contest with jonah falcon and jonah falcon uh he ends up winning and he gets to be jonah falcon's friend on xbox live jonah falcon gives him castle crashers we play the shit out of it and every single time uh jonah falcon like he'd go online jonah falcon, he'd like be like hey i'm playing castle crashers and jonah falcon castle like, crashers cool i know i'm crushing all my words together at this point but yeah it was really cool that's really nice. cool really that was one of those that's one of those good games that like you could you could legitimately play that offline and yeah be, you wouldn't suffer any like loss of experience well i mean it's it's a uh, neat too because if you want it to be really hard just play by yourself what i actually meant is offline multiplayer that's what i mean oh yeah no totally too oh uh, so. but it, it's a pretty challenging game as well yeah. yeah yeah um actually speaking of challenging games also been playing a little bit of new ftl FTL recently got its um, I free. F- I don't know what FTL is. FTL? Yeah, um, like such a, is, I hear people say it, but it's a it's a space it's like a space captain simulator. You're given a ship. It's a top top down view. Space of it. captain simulator. <laughs> it's, a space, it's like a it's a space strategy, I guess. Yeah, the best way of describing it. It's but I just like, like, a top I like down... the idea of like a space captain sim where you're like you know because you're in the simulation to be a space captain. <laughs> that would be fun. I like that idea a lot. Um, but yeah, FTL, you're, it's a top-down view of a ship, very, very tactical, you've, you've, you're have to, you're on the run from a rebel army, and you gotta jump from system to system to system, until you, uh, like, will eventually arrive at the final battle and hopefully defeat the boss, which I have not done yet, and I've been playing this game for maybe about 16 hours. Wow. Um, oh, on, like on and off. Sounds Galactica. Uh, yeah, I mean, certainly the, the, the jump plot, sequence yeah, the is jumps. a lot, is very Galactica-esque. Um... It's very, very tactical. It's very, very challenging. Like, I've been playing it on easy this whole time, and I haven't even beaten the game yet. I've only unlocked one other ship. Mm-hmm. Like, it's uh, it's super tough. And I re- it, it recently got a, a really nice, free, large, advanced edition update, which allows you to play it on, like, normal edition or advanced edition. Advanced edition just throws in new, new, new quests and, like, new enemies and new weapons and new ships and everything like that. And it's, it's a really, really good update. And it's so nice that it was free. 
so that kind of got me back into it, which I've been playing for a bit. Uh, super fun game. It's on the iPad now, actually. If anyone wants, if anyone out there on iPad land wants to go down and go on to go and download it for ten bucks. Is it just on the iPad or uh, just iPad at the moment? Okay. I don't think there's an Android version. Yeah, because I'm, uh, I'm think I've been thinking about a lot about getting a tablet recently. I mean, I talked to you guys a little Super bit about it earlier today. Yeah, you can read comics I'm on them. At the Nexus Ten. I know. I can send you all the comics, and we can actually do banter about comics. Well, I mean, I got my pick for the week. Yeah. So I mean, because because of this, I've gotten. I mean, I injured my back, and I didn't have a disposable income for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And I like going and going to the comic shop and buying trades. So. Your this, pick is less weekly book than just like I read this comic. I read this, this comic. Yeah, I picked this up. That's and, fine. Uh, that's, that's that's cool. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna Since be working on that now. Down. I'm gonna be working my way up to the weekly stuff. I used to be super into weekly Sweet. manga, and I was like, it ended up I was reading like fifteen to twenty twenty five weekly manga series nice. at once, and I just like couldn't handle it anymore. <laughs> Too much. I mean, because like half of them were weekly. And then half were monthly, and then half would just sporadically pop up whenever, like, like if you if you are a Berserk fan at all, Ugh. then you understand that guy's been writing that series since 1989, mm-hmm. and he does, like, six chapters a year at this point. Yeah. It's just like, what are you doing, dude? Like, how are you living? How are In you making it. money and doing stuff? I, I, you're not, are you? You're just, like, taking forever. You're living in squalor <laughs> and taking forever to write one chapter. Um, but circling back to, uh, PAX this week. So Jack is under the impression there wasn't a lot of cool PAX news. There wasn't. But I'm excited. There's no news that made me go, oh, hey, wow. I, well, Except I, for that one thing that I'll mention as soon as you're done. I feel like, I feel it's a little out of character for me because I, I really, really, uh, enjoy the Borderlands games, but they're never a game that I get like really hyped about and then go out and buy the day they come out. I'll like wait for it to drop a little bit in price or wait for the like Game of the Year edition or something. And, yeah, yeah. And be like, I mean, that oh, makes sense. Like, you might as well, instead of getting all that DLC. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of people like to buy the season pass when it comes out. But anyway, so mm-hmm. uh, this is actually, they announced the new Borderlands prequel, which I'm really excited about. Just because I think the character classes look really cool. Because you can be Wilhelm, and when you're Wilhelm, as you level up, he becomes more and more mechanized. You can remember him from Borderlands 2. He was one of the... Mm-hmm. Well, he was like the first really major boss that you encounter. Yeah. At like level 20, you know. And uh, then there's uh, Athena, who's a warrior with a shield, who I believe is in the first game. I believe she's a character. I never the played first the first game. one. I jumped into the Borderlands series on the first, second one. First, I mean, one's, first one's really solid. I've enjoyed it, but never have actually gone around to finishing it. Yeah, there's no, it's like, there's no real point because Borderlands 2 just, you know, made everything way better and way more fun, so... I think Borderlands 2 is a much better game than the first one. Well, it'll be coming out on Vita soon. Yeah. <laughs> and if uh, all the rumors are anything to go by, the frame rate is terrible and everything about it is oh. horrible. So, But you can also play as Claptrap. Claptrap. Oh, wow. Claptrap. 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 Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> Which is neat. That's awesome. Um, the big bit of news out of PAX that I saw was the uh, Civilization Beyond Earth, I think it was called, trailer. Which oh, that is... means space. Yep. It does mean space. <laughs> so, but they couldn't really call it the Civilization Space. So they yeah. call it Civilization Beyond Earth. Um, like, if you know anything about the Civilization games, you can probably figure out how this is going to work out. Um, really cool cinematic announcement trailer. It's coming fall 2013. It's not a proper sequel to Civ Five. It's more like... The term that was bandied around was expandalone. Which is like sort of an expansion pack, sort of a standalone, which means, it's, you know, it's an expansion pack that's going to stand on its own. Like Shogun to Fall of the Samurai. That's like a, that's Assassin's a Creed example. Brotherhood. 
I guess, yeah. but like that—that was—that was mark actively marketed as a proper new game. Yeah. This is. Yeah, that was. This a, is not necessarily a new game, but it's not an expansion pack. Yes. Yeah. It's it, it's one of those weird ass territories. It seems well, to be. It's somewhere. Up. It's somewhere in between, and that's why I threw out Assassin's Creed Brotherhood because yeah. it was somewhere in between. Yeah. Um. But. Yeah, there's going to be aliens in it as uh, city-states. They're going to fulfill the same role as city-states did. Um, just generally, details are kind of pretty scant at this stage because, you know, it just literally got announced and no one had any idea that it was coming before this. Um, I am trying to find some right now. I should have done this before. Hank, you want to vamp for me for a minute? Talk about Borderlands a little bit more? Um, I can talk about how boring I think civilization is. Uh, you oh can, God. and I will be able to disagree with you on Sim that. SimCity 2, just like all those games I find so boring. I'm also, I'm not very much you're, of you're a just not, you, you, You're probably you know? just not a uh, big sort of strategy fan, are you, when it comes to games? I love, I mean, I love certain strategy games. Like, XCOM Enemy Unknown is one of my most favorite games of all time, which both of you guys are dead in my XCOM game. Oh, you named us? Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy because yeah. I do that too. Yeah, I name I name all my XCOM guys after my friends, and I get through so many that I start naming them after MMA fighters <laughs> and anime characters. So what you're saying is that you're so terrible at playing. Uh, you're yes, so terrible I'm at playing really, XCOM. I'm, well, too- I had to. So I played one game of uh, XCOM Enemy Unknown, and I got like a good chunk into it, but constantly everybody was dying. So. I got to the point where the enemies were so strong I had to restart I had to restart the game got to a certain got a little bit farther but I still fucked up enough along the way where I had to restart again and it's my third game where I'm going to ch- try and actually save the world this time Okay, so here's some details. Uh, it's going to be out this autumn. You start on an actual alien world. There are three types of world, lush, airy, and fungal, uh, <laughs> which just sound like different versions of STDs. Yeah, I want to start um, out on fungal. You, you're going to be building cities like in Civ Five, but to expand you'll, to other planets, you'll need to use outposts. Uh, you can be the first to explore a new planet and find some neutral creatures, races, those are the city-states that I talked about. Um, Relics are still in. Fog of War is still present. You can use diplomacy with other players right from the start. And there's new orbital stuff like satellites. It's basically taking your Civ Five formula and just building upon it, um, which I'm excited for because like Civ Five was just superb, uh, and I I can't wait for a new Civ game that I can pour hours and hours and hours and hours of my life into. Yeah, <laughs> I need to I need to like feel the sword in my hand. When I play video games. That's, you can feel the digital sword in your non-existent hand. Well. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, I get you. I get you. I'm definitely more of a strategy fan, though, so I am looking forward to this. That's what yeah. I liked about XCOM, is I could feel the gun in my hand. Because <laughs> they zoomed in on the character real nice and close. You get the nice little... Nice and close. They zoomed in on them. Portal shot of them. You Super know, good. Um, oh, holy shit. Hey guys, live on air. I may have just gotten my uh, Canadian visa sorted. Woo woo. woo yeah, woo. Jack's been trying to do that for a long, yeah. long time. I'll find out later. Sorry, I just yeah. got an email there. That's super cool. Um, so yeah, that was PAX. The only other news that caught my eye was that the Homeworld HD remaster is going to run in 4K, but that's not going to affect me at all. So should we move on? Yeah, Captain America. Captain America. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, we actually both saw The Winter Soldier this past week. Good. Oh, I'm so glad we get to talk about this. Yeah, it was I'm so aw- glad. It was pretty awesome. There were some. It was uh, fucking awesome. There were some down down spots for me. Um, okay, I want to hear your down spots because then I can fire back why you were wrong about them. Scarlett Johansson's hair. You, oh, you prefer you prefer the uh, the Avengers Black Widow bouffant as opposed to this. this I don't line. like the part in the middle. <laughs> 
It makes and me like the part in the middle. Yeah, it makes what? me uncomfortable. <laughs> that was okay. my that's my biggest qualm with the movie. Wow. Okay. Well, that, that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, so I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I to be honest, for me, it's actually the best thing Marvel Studios has done since Avengers. Yeah. It's their second best oh, yeah. film ever. And it just nudges out Iron Man 3 in that regard. Like, I really enjoyed the shit out of Thor 2, but there were a lot of problems with it. Namely, the antagonist being just weak and one-dimensional as shit. That was not the case this time around. Because, okay, yeah. we're going to go into some deep spoilery of, shit in this, of... so if you haven't seen The Winter Soldier and you care about spoilers, you're going to want to jump forward. We'll, we'll get, the, we'll get the, the timestamp mark and we can throw Mother, it up on the side. Motherfucking Robert Redford. Yeah. Um, speaking of Robert Redford, he did not turn out to be the Red Skull. No. <laughs> I was more surprised about that than anything else in the movie. Really? Yeah. I kind of didn't think he was going to be. No, it, It's like because there was a Jeff Johns Avengers arc before Disassembled where that was literally the plot. Oh. Where like the Secretary of Defense was called Del Rusk, which is a terrible anagram of Red Skull. <laughs> um, so like, I, I could have sworn that like that was going to be the big twist that like Robert Redford was going to be the Red Skull pulling the strings. But like, I'm in, one thing that I was really impressed by was that the trailer totally did not like did not match up to what I thought the the trailer gave me an idea, an idea of what the movie's plot was going to be and it wasn't that like the trailer you saw all those shield heli, heli carriers falling out of the air and it's like oh shit the winter soldier's just taken down shield no that's not a, that is not what it was at all cuz as you well know if you've seen the movie it turns out that like hydra has been inside shield the entire time taking a cue from the secret warriors book well um, i felt i felt like it was a little bit more of a comic book plot than a movie plot. I to be like honest, they, I, I thought it was a, it was a neat really fusion well. between the two. Yeah. There was it was a political it, it had a especially with Robert Redford being in it. There was yeah. a lot of really kind of good 70s political thriller-esque things in there. Mm-hmm. Like a mysterious assassin and someone's being bumped off and a big conspiracy. And then yes, second half it did become more comic booky, but it's like it's a comic book film. It's Captain no, America I, I really, and I really, Falcon really, and Black really Widow against Hydra. That. I really really appreciated that about it. Um there were just like like and the, the Hydra element was just a really good thing to throw in because for one thing, if Hydra had just been like ended in Captain America, that would have just gone against their whole thing, which you know, cut off one head, another will take its place. Like yeah. Hydra is never destroyed, it always survives somehow. And the fact that it had just been gestating for the entire twentieth century inside Shield was a really, really neat little element. Yeah, that was cool. Um Winter Soldier was cool as fuck. I, and was actually I a credible super, threat and a threat a credible villain. Super disagree. I, well, actually, I will I will post I will pose you this like the introdu- his introductory scene follows maybe 10 15 minutes of Nick Fury being attacked and being a fucking badass see, and getting out part, of it in every way and then the winter awesome. yeah and then the winter soldier just shows up and takes him out in one fucking explosion yep. with almost contemptuous ease. Yep. And like that is a really good way of setting up that like this villain is a really distinct threat. Yeah, but and he's then, so so he's supposed to be like this badass secret guy they like literally say nobody's ever really seen him and when he takes Nick Fury out he does it like super stealthily quick he's out of there like no no business really you know but uh later in the movie he's just like walking in the middle of the street like shooting machine guns out in the middle of the street i thought that was pretty dumb i i can see why you would but i will say this the winter soldier was in a slight retcon of his in a slight adaptation sorry of his um comic book origins the winter soldier was taken by hydra instead of the soviet union Mm -hmm. and made to be their arm 
this kind of threw me for a little bit because I was thinking, well, why the fuck are you going to lash a big red star on his arm and call him the Winter Soldier then? But then I realized that, like, if the Winter Soldier had been bumping off American assets throughout the 20th century, it would serve Hydra's aims of, like, destabilizing the, the world to think that, for for America to think that the Soviet Union was bumping its people off. Yeah. So that was neat. That was well, a plus, neat, like, plus, if it's a Nazi scientist, you know, a lot of Nazi scientists got... Uh, drafted into the Soviet Union and got drafted into the US and yeah. got taken up by major powers. So, yeah. you know... We'll talk about that in a sec yeah. because that's another little plot I want to I want to gush over. Um, but what you were saying about him being like in the streets, firing stuff randomly, not being a super cool assassin, mm-hmm. it served Hydra's aims at that time because Hydra was yeah. ramping up like destabilization and terror and if it looked like S.H.I.E.L.D. couldn't keep the streets of Washington, D.C. right on their doorstep intact, that was only going to, you know fuel panic even more so i think that yeah. i think that, I mean, that was he's fine. like he's like their shadow card like he was their shadow there's, card there's never they... there's never a reason to put your shadow card on the street there was if your like decades long plan in this case project insight was looking like it was going to come to fruition yeah but they still like they were they were putting all their cards on the table yeah i mean like, that was the whole, the end that was the whole movie, thing they really the didn't cash out though you know because the the movie ended and they had that little yeah, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Yeah, okay. I don't want to jump to that yet. We'll but. jump. No, won't jump to that yet. The, what you mentioned about like Nazi scientists getting recruited. Arnim Zola was back and actually looking even more like comic book Zola than he ever has before, which was just so cool to see. Is that was, a, was that the guy at the end or the computer guy? That was a computer guy. Yeah, that computer was guy. Arnim Zola, um, which was just like. When I saw the camera first, I was thinking, no, no way, that's not. And then it's like the, the face pops. I was like, holy shit, they brought back Zola and he's a computer screen. And I love the way that he was like backed up on rolls and rolls of old computers. Yeah, underground. That was super cool. Um, but yeah, like uh, big, big surcharge for the Marvel Universe because like we're not 100% sure where S.H.I.E.L.D. stands. Um, it seems to be like it's totally disassembled at this stage. Like, S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't exist yeah. anymore. Well, I mean, uh, where where was that lady going? She went to... Maria Hill went to went to Stark Industries. Yep. Like, Nick Fury's off to Europe, which I'm thinking is a decent setup for a Secret Warriors film. Like, a Secret Warriors film about Nick Fury chasing down, like, Hydra cells with a team of, like, superpowered unknowns. That would be really fun. Yeah, Samuel Jackson. This, however, oh, yeah. leads into my next point, which is that if you've been keeping up with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, I don't blame you for not, but you should be doing it now. Because their, their episode this week uh, focused entirely on the events surrounding the Winter Soldier, which is namely the Hydra coming out of the, coming out of the woodwork and revealing itself. Um, so, spoilers for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well. Uh, it turned out that Agent Garrett, who's been hanging around for the past few episodes and being generally really cool and badass, is a Hydra agent. It spent you spend the entire episode second guessing or not as to whether Victoria Hand was a Hydra agent, and then just at the end, it's revealed that Agent Ward, who's been hanging out with the team since episode one, is a Hydra agent. So, finally, Shield has number one a credible villain, which seems to be the order of the day today. Like, they have a credible villain, they've got a credible threat, and they've got a really good new plot arc that they can carry them through, which is what they needed because this show has been. Superpower. It's like been NCIS with superpowers, but not really that good. Like it's been villain of the week, lacking in any sort of credible threat, anything that they can go up against, any sort of long form plot arc that they need. And now they have one. And my big fear about this is that Ward is going to end up being revealed to be like a double agent or a triple agent. Like he was a Hydra agent working undercover in Shield, but he's actually a Shield agent working undercover in Hydra. Buh. Yeah. 
I mean, there's precedent in Joss Whedon shows for a villain like sticking around as being a main cast member. I don't know if ABC are going to fly with it though. I really hope they do because that will that will let, that will let Shield Agents of Shield become like the interesting show that it needs to be, and it desperately needs to be because it's been fairly mediocre for its first season. Yeah. I like it and it's enjoyable. I'm still I'm still probably not going to watch it. Fair enough. I mean, I'm watching it for I'm watching it for the sake of completionism and also for Clark Gregg because I love him. Mm-hmm. And as Jake says, I want him to awesome. I want him to wish me good night every every night. every night. Just tuck just, you in just the tuck, bed. Just have Clark Gregg tuck me. In. Oh, that'd be so cute. That's Jake's idea, but I'm stealing because it it's so good. Um, so yeah, Winter Soldier is fucking awesome, and the end cre- like the the mid credit scene was yeah that was quite a step up. That like as, cool. even as far know, as I don't know who the twins are at all. Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. Oh, that's what I guess. But like, what is? So I thought that, and then I was looking at it, and I'm like, but why would they put Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch in there if they're making these X Men movies? Um, here's the thing: Quicksilver and, and Scarlet Witch got announced as being in the Avengers. Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch have been the have been in the Avengers since the late '60s. Yeah, on and off. Um, so they occupy this very little weird legal limbo situation where they can be used by both Fox and Marvel Studios for their movies. Oh. So that's why Quicksilver is looking shit in Days of Future Past and awesome in the Marvel movies. Yeah. But yeah, it, the twins were Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch being introduced by uh, Baron Strucker as well, which is fucking cool. I kind of lost my shit at the way they actually kept the monocle for that. Um, so Hydra still exists. Strucker is still clearly a very big figure in its operation. Um, and it looks like Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch in the Marvel movieverse are Hydra experiments. Um, also the bigger thing that we should take away from Dumb. this is that Hydra have Loki's scepter from the Avengers, mm-hmm. complete with the mind gem from the Infinity Gems neatly tucked away at the top of it. So that is just exciting. I mean, that yeah. is one of the best Marvel teasers. It's one of the best Marvel teasers I've seen. And like, we've only got a year now till Avengers 2. So, ugh, I'm just it's so fan, excited. That's like super hardcore fan food. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's also fan food for theories as well, because like, I'm thinking that since Marvel are kind of pushing Inhumans and there's rumors about being an Inhuman movie and that would give them a way to include mutants or at least a mutant sort of situation in their own movie universe, the, the mind gem, that the gem in Loki Scepter might be some form of giant Terrigen crystal and uh, the, the twins are actually Inhumans. But that's pretty out there. And it'd be really... It'd be interesting. Big sea change for the characters and pretty big thing to throw in this early in sort of their phases. But that's just something that occurred to me as we were walking out of uh, Winter Soldier. Uh, but yeah, that was the thing that happened. Yeah. Uh, I loved a, it. I really a, I really just loved that movie. Yeah, there was a final uh, second... Oh, this, yeah, the, the, at the very end of the credits as well, yeah. Which was just Bucky staring at a picture of himself. Yeah, um, I mean, they are, uh, they're shadowing that pretty pretty heavily. Yeah. Like they, had, they showed him using the shield as well. For maybe even a third Captain America movie. No, Captain America 3 actually got announced this week. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, it's, it's, <laughs> uh, it is being released. Get this, though. It's being released on the same day as Batman Superman. Oh, really? Yeah. That that's gonna be a war. That is how much stock Marvel have in their movies now. Yeah. That they're like, oh hey DC, yeah, we see your uh, two most famous, super, most famous and most easily recognizable superheroes of all time that you're putting together in your own film. Yeah, we're gonna raise you Captain America, uh, <laughs> who we have made a pop culture icon now. Have fun with that. We're gonna put him in direct competition with you. I think I'm gonna and watch that is, him. That is so fucking cool. I think I'm gonna watch him back to back. 
Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be really cool. I think I want to watch Cap 3 after Batman Superman, though, because I feel like out of out of, out of of the two of them, I will... The, the chance that I'm going to need to wash a bad taste out of my mouth more... Is it's more likely with yeah. Batman... I'm, I'm more likely to hate Definitely. Batman Superman than Cap 3. Um, but yeah, that got announced. So that's 2016. And uh, in another movie I saw this week that I loved... I yeah, loved, this is a bit of a sea change from what we were talking about so far. Yeah, but, but I loved even more than... Captain America. This actually is like on the shelf and it's very strange for me because I really hate Wes Anderson. Like I really don't like his movies, but I love the Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah. I love everything about it. Yeah. I mean, I'm a Wes Anderson fan anyway. Not necessarily a huge fan of his like really early stuff. And I admit that his, some of his stuff, like, like Moonrise Kingdom was a little bit, yes, Wes, we've seen all this before. Father Issues, Hoaxy Faux Americana, that kind of thing. Anachronistic technology get it together um this was wes anderson the phrase that got bandied around when i saw the trailer was like wes anderson has gone full wes anderson yeah which he kind of has but only really stylistically not narratively so much like all of his like color palette balancing and like every shot needs to be super symmetrical um all of those little elements are in there, but none of his like big narrative pitfalls, like I just mentioned with like everything has to be a father mm-hmm. issue or like childhood, everything like that. Well, this was just like a very full and beautiful story, and it was, it was like a, no, a fully it, realized world that you yeah. got to step into. And it was it was a caper, and it was it it like it rattled along at a really good pace as well. And like pacing is another thing that that like Wes has had trouble with in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it rattled along at a really good pace. Like, it never never felt boring. It never felt slow. Like, even the slower moments were necessary for the overall plot. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, like, it was just really... It was his most mature movie so far. And, like, yeah, that definitely. with Fantastic Mr. Fox is probably my favorite one that he's done so far. Uh, it was just, just beautiful as well. I, was, I find his movies so sappy. And this one had its sappy parts. They're very cloy, like, yeah, and sweet. But as, as a whole, it wasn't as... It, was, it wasn't it as it wasn't as over saccharine as yeah, some of his stuff can be. Definitely, but again, it didn't deal as much with like the family stuff that he always tries to include. So, mm-hmm. you know, you wouldn't necess- it, it didn't run the risk of being too over saccharine. Yeah, yeah. I feel like he uh, he dropped like just dropped a lot of weight that he normally carries around with movies. Yeah. Just like with all this like kind of nonsense and fluff that I just don't feel like needs to be there. But he nailed it. Mm, he really nailed did. it. Um, some of the ca- some of the some of the roles that I thought were just going to be more ex- more than just like more extended cameos and actual roles were uh, you know they were more than that. Like I thought Jeff Goldblum was only going to be in it for a scene, but no, he he was he around was in it for a chunk. He was in it for a chunk and a very harrowing like very <laughs> harrowing. I, like, I actually as well. he was my least favorite person who was in it. People keep bringing him. They're like, yeah, Jeff Goldblum was in it. Yeah, but he, didn't, he, he didn't do a whole terrible lot. Terrible in it. I didn't he think he was terrible. Anything. I just think he didn't do a whole lot. Yeah. Who was your favorite then, though? Um, I loved, oh man, the dude in the prison. Who's the guy in the prison? Harvey Keitel. Harvey Keitel. <laughs> Harvey Keitel and it was really cool. Harvey that Keitel is really just cool neat. in anything yeah. he shows up in. Though. Yeah, I thought that one was really neat. And, uh, oddly enough, I liked Jason Schwartzman character, his character a lot. And it, like, now that was a cameo. Movie, yeah. I was like, I was like, I really hate Jason Schwartzman, but <laughs> I don't I hate Jason Schwartzman. I really quite like him. I liked him in this movie a lot. I thought he played a really cool character. Jude Law was very Lowe good as well. Game. Yeah. Oh yeah. Jude Law was awesome. Um, Hats off though to Ray Fiennes though. Yeah, oh Ray Fiennes was. Ralph the, Fiennes. It's Rafe. It's pronounced Rafe. Rafe, really? Yeah, that's how you're saying it. Ray. No, it's Rafe. Rafe Fiennes. Rafe Fiennes. Um, Refined yeah. Fiennes. 
Hats off to Mr. Fines, because um, he really just provided just the solid rock steady core that that movie was he built was, on. His beautiful. comic timing, flawless. Yeah. Like, that bit, that bit when they just escaped from the prison, and he's just, he's talking about it, like, I really need to apologize, and there's an absolutely great story. And for a few seconds, the alarm has been going off. It's like, it's an absolutely great story, but the alarm is just going off now, so I feel we really need to make our escape. Oh, he starts, he starts reading him a poem. He does, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... Like, that was a really good scene anyway, but it was just because the alarm was going on for a few seconds before he's like, okay, we really should get out of here. That just, that joke just like was so perfectly landed for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he's a... And his use of profanity as well. Was just I like, know! Oh man, that was my favorite thing in the movie. Just some of the best use of profanity, like, not a lot in there. And then when it was used, it was just used with such absolutely perfect. Yeah. Volume. And it was like, uh, I described it as like the record scratching. You yeah. Know, the music's playing and all of a sudden it's like, Rit! it's like when he walks in, oh, that'd be me, darling. And then Adrian Brody just stands and goes, Oh, I do you mean this faggot. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. Right. So yeah, I mean, the cast was pretty fantastic, but absolutely here. Shout out to my, my home girl, Saoirse Ronan, for getting to use her accent for the first time in a very long time. She was perfect in it. Yes, a little bit too perfect. Oh yeah, you, you, you got a little bit. Of, I think she's a little, the most, little bit of, of crush on her. Yeah, I definitely think she's the most beautiful girl in the world. Have you seen Hannah? No, I haven't seen Hannah. You got to see yeah. Hannah. People Everyone listening to this, you've movie. got to see yeah. Hannah. Um, and I mean, that was another. That was actually another aspect of Grand Budapest that I kind of loved because, like, it's very European. It's like that nebulous sort of, it's not really Germany, but it kind of is. It's not really Switzerland, but it kind of is. It's just very nebulously European. But like all these characters are just using their normal accents and mm-hmm. it's fine. Like you never even question the fact that like, you know, Ray Fine sounds British, but then like uh, Jeff Goldblum is supposed to be German, but sounds With American. <laughs> yeah. And like Saoirse Ronan is just this like poor little Swiss girl, but she sounds like she's from Dublin. But Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, that was just really good. I, I, and I thought, that. I thought the love story in it was really cute, but uh, it didn't make me sick or anything. No, like that. it, it wasn't over saccharine. And also, cute. also fuck you, Wes, for making me think that she'd been killed at one point. I know, right? Oh, what a jerk. But yeah, like if you haven't seen it, do go and see it. It's got all the good parts about a Wes Anderson film with none of the bad parts about a Wes Anderson film, which I think Henry would like you, you'll attest to like, you don't like him as Nailed a director, yeah, but you like love him. this film. Yeah. He's, yeah. he rules over King of the hipsters sitting on his, on his cat throne with his Polaroid. His perfectly scepter. symmetrical cat throne, throne, by the way, yeah. <laughs> with a, with a room with a very distinct and balanced color palette. Usually pasty colors, like a pasty. <laughs> Usually pastel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so those, that was our movie heavy week. Uh, we're going to move on to comics now. Yep. Uh, you want to go first or should I? Um, I will go first and talk about a comic I picked up that was recommended to me by my favorite author. He's become my favorite author. Um, slash artist who is Brandon Graham who wrote and draw uh, drew King City and multiple warheads and uh, but this is his series that he also does, worked I, on Profit am I right from last that's week? my uh, nailed it that is my suggestion for the week oh sorry I totally preempted yeah. you there no that's beautiful <laughs> I like I like that the fluidity was nice so Profit is your we were talking about yeah. this the other week but yeah, yeah. Profit your recommend your yeah that's I I cruised through it a couple days ago uh, I got the first trade and I. I fucking love it. Give it's us a great, give, give me a brief synopsis. It's not too spoilery because um, I would like to get into this at some point. I I honestly don't know if I can. It's it's 
it's very, very base and vague for it, but it's this guy, it takes place 10,000 years in the future, this guy crash lands on Earth, Earth is vastly, vastly different, he like crash lands, comes out, his, uh, gets a stimulant pack, like throws up a stimulant pack, injects it, instantly gets attacked by some crazy weird monster, kills it, and like moves on, just knows he has this mission, and he's got to complete this mission. Hmm. Like, I really can't say anything else. Anything else is too spoiled. Yeah, without okay. giving I'm gonna, away I'm how gonna, fucking cool this series is. I'm going to take a stab at it this week, because it sounds like something yeah. that I could really, really get into. I love it. I and so far. and uh, he gets a different, usually a different artist every chapter. Yeah. Uh, oh, which, interesting. Which is really cool, and all of them are great, but one chapter he draws, and he has such a distinct and beautiful and creative art style mm-hmm. that his story in particular is amazing but uh prophet was actually originally a uh superhero from the 90s yeah you said that you said yeah. this the other week didn't you who uh yeah who's just like your typical bulked up you know 90s superhero and uh in 2012 uh image announced they were like we're gonna redo a bunch of superheroes one of them we're gonna do is redo is profit so here you go we're brandon graham that's profit. the thing about image like they still have the rights to a load of these like the image comics of today is not the image comics that started out. Mm-hmm. Like image was image in the nineties was like as nineties as you can get. Everyone was an anti heroes, fucking yep. pouches and belts everywhere. Everyone had blood or extreme in the name. Yeah. Um and now these days, they are doing the best creator owned work out there. Like Saga, Manhattan Project, Secret, East of West, Prophet. It's just yeah. really awesome stuff. And I didn't I'm so know glad that, I didn't it. know they were putting out Saga too. That's actually no, Saga I just image. got I just got caught up on the third trade this oh, week Saga too. Saga's so good. Yeah, it's pretty solid. I like I really really like it and then when I step away from it and I don't read it for a while, I'm like, yeah, Saga's okay. And then I read it it's again. Something I'm that like, needs to be read this in, is really good. Yeah, it's something yeah. that needs to be read in binges. Yep, definitely. Um Okay, as for my pick of the week, I'm not 100% sure because it was a it was kind of a slow week. Uh, and there was no comic this week that really just, like, totally jumped out at me. So I'm going to talk about a little bit about what I just... Basically just what I read this week. Um, All New X-Men got to issue 25, um, which is, I think, one of the first Mar- all new, uh, the first Marvel Now books that has gotten this far. Uh, so had a big sort of anniversary issue uh, where there was a insane number of artists on... Um, and that's, that's, that's pretty much the reason I liked it. It was basically a story of the Watcher coming in and telling Beast, yeah, you fucked up by bringing the, old, bringing the original X-Men into the future, or into the present, however you want to say it. Um, you really screwed up with that. So um, you gotta, you got to account for that. You know, you you got you to gotta make do. Um, so by doing it, uh, they just... They 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 brought on every artist you could possibly conceive of. Like Alex Ross did a big like spread for of the X Men in Times Square. I think my favorite was uh, um, Bruce Tim doing a lot of uh, who Bruce Tim who did the Batman animated series and a lot of the DC animated stuff did a few renditions of Jean Grey and that was really nice. But other than that, like it was kind of meh. It's been a bit of a meh week, if I'm being totally honest. Like there was Marvel relaunched the Ultimates with uh, all new Ultimates. Um, which after the events of like Galactus coming in and fucking shit up and killing Captain America and Thor in the Ultimate Universe now consists of Miles Morales' Ultimate Spider-Man, the new Cloak and Dagger, Bombshell, Kitty Pride, and Spider-Woman. The book was not good. <laughs> like, the dialogue was a bit off. The art was decent, but nothing good. To be honest, I do not know why they did not just end the Ultimate storyline with Galactus eating everyone and Miles Morales getting transported to the... Um, 
to the main Marvel universe well, as another Spider Man. If, if you've learned anything about Marvel and DC, it's that it's never done. It, yeah, but like the problem is that like the Ultimate Universe, it's it. I don't understand why it's still going because it's not a bestseller by any means. Because they, if they, if it was, they'd be putting better fucking artists on it. Um, it's not a bestseller. The series, can, it's been, it's gone through like three fucking iterations in the past like five years. Um, the best of which was when Jonathan Hickman was writing Ultimates and really fucking shit up and changing everything. But then he bowed out because Marvel got him to do mainstream Avengers um, and kind of left everything in a bit of a loop. So I don't, I, I don't blame them for them like just being a little bit thrown when it comes to this. But like it's so clearly their second shift. It's like. Marvel editorial does not really give a shit about the Ultimate Universe, except when, like, Miles Morales shows up and they can, like, splash, we have a black Hispanic Spider-Man now all over everything. Don't get me wrong, I love Miles Morales. He's the best part of the Ultimate Universe at the moment. And Spider-Man is still, has been consistently good. But Spider-Man has been consistently good because he's had the same, Ultimate Spider-Man has had the same fucking writer since 2001. Um... You need editorial coherency with this, and that's just something the Ultimate Universe lacks. And I just think, until it gets that, or until it just fucking ends and they are they and they reboot the entire thing, it's bogged down in the continuity that it was set up to try and escape. And it just annoys me because like there is potential for really really good stories in the Ultimate Universe, and they just always wasted. Doesn't mean it can't be fun. <laughs> But they're just always wasted. Yeah, dropping the ball. Yeah. yeah. I guess if I had to narrow it down to a pick of the week, like it would it might be the all new Ghost Rider. Um who's recently just been relaunched. Uh the current Ghost Rider is now a Latino uh teenager from Los Angeles, uh called uh, Robbie Reyes, who does not drive a motorbike, he drives a car, uh, a muscle street racer car. Um I'm reading this entirely for the art. Tradmore is on art and he is doing some beautiful line work. Like some absolutely gorgeous renditions of an entirely new redesign for Ghost Rider. Plotline is developing, not really going anywhere, don't care. This book is one of those few rare books that like I will get pretty much only for the art. And you just fell in love with the, the art and your soul. The story's not yeah. horrible. Like the story's not the the story's not bad, it's just not spectacular. Mm-hmm. Just nothing special. No, it's 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 workaday. Mm-hmm. And Rob, I will say this: like the writer whose name I have actually totally forgotten at this stage because that's how little the writing matters to me, um, has done a good job of making Robbie a sympathetic character. He's got a mentally he's got a mentally disabled brother who's in a wheelchair, and he has to like beat up kids at his school to protect, and he takes care of, and that's why he's doing street races because he needs money for his brother. Um, He's he's it's it's a good character that you can root for, but instead of like the Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider archetype, who's like, I sold my soul to the devil for this. It's like I have been fucked up and had a bad experience here, and have become a superhero because of bad circumstances, which is like every Marvel hero since Spider Man, or the Fantastic Four. Um, but it's good. I'm like I mean we. With some time, it could develop into a really good story, but as long as the art stays consistent, I'm still going to be reading this book. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually have one thing I forgot to talk about. Oh, yeah? That we just have to get in real quick before the end. Just shove it in there. Uh, which is Game of Thrones Season 4, Episode 1. Oh, yeah. Last week, and oh, tonight yeah. is Sunday, so Episode 2 will be coming on tonight. Yeah. Um, 
I, I some people told me they were like, yeah, it was an all right opening. I loved the opening for the season. I thought the whole episode was fantastic. I mean, I can see why people would say, yeah, it was all right. Nothing big, nothing big happened. Of course, nothing big happened. It's an episode opener. It's like yeah. it's, it's a season opener. It's also halfway You're... through the third book. Yeah, it's not like the beginning of a book where the book needs to draw you in or mm-hmm. anything. It's kind of it's it's working a little bit different. And they did everything they needed to do. They set, they set up every character in the location that they're going to be mm-hmm. now. You guys still got Tyrion in King's Landing. You showed Jamie and Cersei, like, being yeah. Jamie and fucking there Cersei were, at the stage. There <laughs> were some, just some, all the scenes with the characters, like, sure, nothing really big happened, but they were well, all such great scenes. Like, the Ari scene at the end was amazing. I, I, will, I will talk about that in a sec. I just want to talk about the introduction of Oberyn Martell, which was like, yeah. <laughs> which was kind of like, Hey, gays, we still know you're here. Wink. Wink, yeah. <laughs> Which I'm fine with. I like being pandered to by this. Um, Oberyn Martell is a great character, and I cannot wait to see how like he's going to pan out this season. It was a really good character introduction. But as you say, the episode belonged to the fucking bromance between Arya and the Hound. Yeah, exactly. I love that. I love that shot where it's just like his head in the trees and her head in the Down trees. Low, yeah, just, that was so good. Yeah, they're, and they're slowly they're becoming a pretty cool team. You yeah, know, starting yeah. to team up. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. She, yeah, she gets her own. She gets her own little pony. She gets her own pony. She got a short back. <laughs> um, yeah, no, like that. That that. I mean. You put Maisie Williams on screen with a decent actor and you are going to get great television. If you put Maisie Williams on screen with a really good actor, you're going to get superb television. Like, they don't exist in the books, but my absolute hands-down favorite scenes in this entire three-season run so far has been her and Tywin Lannister doing their, like, three or four sparring little scenes over the course of, was I think season three or season two, when she was in Harrenhal. Mm -hmm. I think that was season three. Uh, um, yeah, see, uh, I think season two. I think they got out of Heron Hall in season. Oh, they I got think... out of the end of the, at the end of season. Yeah. Two. yeah. Um, there's my absolute hands down favorite scenes. They were just incredible television. Seeing seeing those two opposite each other, like Charles Dance is perfect as Tywin Lannister. Maisie Williams is just an incredible actress, and she's mm-hmm. perfect as Arya Stark. I just can't wait to see more her and the Hound bromance going yeah, on. Yeah, definitely. And I even thought uh, Jon Snow's scene in the... Uh, yeah, I could care less about him. Man, I thought that scene was great. I was like, It was oh, a great man, scene. So cool. Great scene. I just yeah. don't care for the character too much. Oh, I like him. <laughs> I like him a lot. You know, he's just he's just a pretty dopey little boy, you know? Shut and goddamn mouth. You know, I saw, I saw that uh, an interview with him on Conan, and that's what, that's what he's like in real life. He's just this, like, dopey little guy, and they're like... He was like told a story you know how they have those late night talk shows they kind of very orchestrated i'm aware of the concept of late night talk yeah they come and they have a very orchestrated story that they come on and they have they have a thing to plug i mean that's why they exist so he like comes on and tells his very orchestrated story about like how his great grandfather is the uh the inventor of the toilet or it's his great great grandfather Hmm. invented it for the queen of england and uh He's like laughing and thinks it's really funny. And you can tell he's just so green behind the ears, like <laughs> in being famous and doing these media tours. And like, that's why he trans- translates so well to being like the green behind the ears character. And John's not Snow. really that green behind the ears. Anymore. No, not anymore. Yeah. But you know, that's what happens when, when you finally have sex. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's, there's our PSA for the week. Yeah. Hey, but everyone out there, go and lose your virginity. Yeah. You'll grow up like, <laughs> You'll grow up like Jon Snow in five minutes, <laughs> and you won't know nothing anymore. Yeah, so we'll be watching the. This We're next watching episode, episode two. Yeah, yeah. We'll be, we get to talk about that next week. We'll we get that. We get that. We get this for the, like the next eight weeks. Yep, uh, nine oh, weeks. Fantastic. Beautiful. Um, okay, we're done here. Um, 
like us on like us on Facebook. Uh, we're Midnight Channel Podcast. SoundCloud.com forward slash Midnight Channel Podcast. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Dr. Tenacity. No one's followed me yet. Get on that. Um, please, please share us to your friends. Um, we're going to hopefully be on a few more platforms very soon. No promises to switch or when. I don't know my lesson with that. Um, so yeah, you'll be able to review us and like us and just 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 talk about us, people, because we like being comfortable. I I live for Katie, and I'll no, die. No, I'll no, die no, for no, you, no, Bossy. No, <laughs> send him to the games. Send him to the games. That's it. <laughs>